Okay, it's race week again, and this time we're heading to the iconic Leger in France. So here's your Maxxis Tires pre-race show with Chris Kilmurray. Maxxis is synonymous with racing and is the name that comes to mind when you think of performance. It's no surprise then that they've won more than any other brand in the history of World Cup and EWS racing. No matter where or how you ride, Maxxis has got the tyres for you with a wide range of tread patterns, casing and compound options. My Enduro Bites running a DHR2 Max Terra double down on the rear, paired with the Asagai Max Grip up front in the slightly lighter XO Plus casing. On my downer bike, I've got a DHR2 front and rear, both in the DH casing and both with a super grippy max grip compound. I'm loving both those setups, but check out the range and see what you think is going to be best for you. You can check out the entire range of Maxxis tyres over at maxxis.com and find the tyres at your local Maxxis dealer. You can also give them a follow on Instagram where they're at Maxxis Bike. Exciting news this week is that Miss Ben Summers and I are going to be hosting a pop-up space in Leger while the Downhill World Cup is in town. There'll be an incredible photo exhibition put together by longtime Dirt Magazine editor Mike Rose, alongside some iconic images from the Miss Ben Summers yearbooks from Sven Martin, Boris Bayer and Seb Sheck. I'll have a little studio space where I'll be recording some podcast episodes and satellite coffee Morzine are going to be there to keep everyone caffeinated. So if you're in Leger this week, then head to Yechti Mobilier on the high street and come and say hi. All right, it's time to talk all things Leger with Coach to the Stars and Morzine local Chris Kilmurray. Hear all about the changes to the track, who's going to be fired up to go all in, as well as a bit of reflection back on a crazy weekend in Ludenvier. So without further ado, here's your Maxis Tires pre-race show for the 2023 Leger World Cup. Chris Kilmurray. Welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. It feels like I'm saying that a lot over the last few yeah, yeah, weeks. Yeah. How are you coping with uh, three back-to-back? Uh, pretty good, actually, to be totally honest. I think everyone seems to be coping with it quite well. It were definitely challenging events, but uh, Andorra was challenging for the logistics, especially just getting around, you know, getting to and from the pits early and the schedule changes. And, you know, you're probably 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes from the pits. Whereas uh, Luzonville was like really compact. Um, you know, a lot of people were staying along the main strip in the town, which is right beside the finish line, which is very close to the pits. So made things a bit easier. And I, I just think, yeah, some of the bigger teams were probably getting cabin fever now. We're, we're stepping, on a, stepping on each other's toes for three to four weeks at a time, you know. So it's time to, time to find a, uh, <laughs> a quiet spot in the bushes somewhere for a half hour just to <laughs> meditate, you know. Nice. And what what are your reflections on Ludenvier as a as a weekend? It definitely as a fan, like watching from afar and consuming the uh internet's uh content, it was like up and down, but I thought the race itself uh, for the elites anyway was like super good. Yeah, well it definitely was um up and down uh, even on site um in terms of some of the organization with the local organizers some of the logistics of the track itself and how the track kind of didn't really have a B zone or easy spectator access. Um, you know, those kind of major negative points, the the venue itself being pretty compact, the lift being super fast, the track being pretty amazing by and large, especially once Romain Paulin finished uh, getting 13th at the EWS, the EDR. <laughs> and he he got back up the hill to do, to do a bit of um, fine tuning to the track. It turned into an amazing racetrack and, I think, yeah, for all the dramas of cancelling juniors and the ups and downs of the weather and everything else, the the elite racing turned into a fantastic race day. So as long, I think as long as, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery Sports and the local organiser especially takes um, the lessons learned and the positives and the negatives on the chin, then it's 
it was a, it was a, a good weekend. You know, if people kind of make the same mistakes next year when we go back to Ludonville, then um, I'll be less than happy. Let's say. Yeah, completely fair comment. It felt like there was certainly again. This is just coming through the internet, but it feels like there was a reasonable amount of anger floating around in the pits on Saturday. Do you think the the quality of the racing on Sunday did a lot to kind of offload that anger or is there still a bit of that kind of animosity between Yeah, there was there was a little bit of angst. I think a lot of people, you know, some people were kind of like some of the riders, some of the team managers especially were kind of like, "Oh, okay, we kind of understand the you know, um Warner Brother Discovery's kind of position their stance that yes it would have been some you know dicey junior racing especially for some of the the lower ranked riders in both categories you know and you could have had red flags riders stuck in nets difficult medical access because of how slippy the track was etc etc so there probably was a few you know somewhat valid reasons to cancel the race but we've had considerably more gnarly and dangerous um circumstances and where races haven't been postponed or cancelled like Val in 2018 qualifying is one of the ones that we kind of pinpointed you know myself and some of the other trackside coaches were remembering kind of nostalgically remembering uh, how scary that was where the riders were just sent off to their death um having never ridden the wet track uh, in the middle of a huge thunderstorm uh just sent off qualifying just ran and the qualifying results were all over the place and it just kind of happened so i think on the surface you know once the, the track dried out maybe quite well by the time junior racing would have been really underway so actually, they could have ran the junior racing, no problem. But hindsight's fantastic. They didn't know that at the time. And maybe if you you know play devil's advocate and put a couple of chips in Warner Brother Discovery's corner and actually say maybe in the past we should have had races that were postponed or cancelled and they weren't. You know maybe that's the kind of angle to take on it. Um, or you can take the other point of view and just be like, it's it was a bad decision. It was a wrong decision. Take it on the chin and. I, I don't know where I personally stand on it. I think, like I said, it's kind of, you know, it's not 50-50, but there was definite um, positives and negatives to both both camps, let's say. And and then, like you said, the, the elite racing just kind of pulled the show together as it often does and made everyone forget. But the reality was, I think that the top riders in all categories, while they were, you know, a little bit angsty and there was a riders union meeting and stuff, um, I think there was no animosity. Everyone was just ready for race day everyone just wanted game day you know and you know people weren't letting it affect their approach and anyone who was letting it affect their approach or letting it become the the main focus of their day on saturday they probably weren't getting a top result come come sunday so there you go yeah fair good summary thanks mate appreciate that um nine to ten hour drive from uh ludenvier to leger a bit of a longer commute than than uh last weekend yeah actually i've uh i'm not long finished up um <laughs> And it's it wasn't actually that bad. It kind of was under nine hours, maybe with without stopping. We stopped a few times for some food, so actually there was no traffic and it went super smoothly. So hopefully it's the same for most. And I just driving through Leger earlier. Um, the majority of the big team trucks are already on site. Most of them left left last night to get a few hours in on the taco. So yeah, will, will athletes fly, or will most of them take the opportunity to relax and recover in a team vehicle on the way across? Uh, I heard of a few athletes flying from Toulouse because there is plenty of direct flights from Toulouse to Geneva. So <clears throat> I think, yeah, it, it's, genuine, it's genuinely usually less stressful on the body if, if it goes smoothly. You know, you get dropped off at the airport after it's like an hour and a half drive, I think, from Toulouse to Ludonville and then 
have a, a, um, a cheap carbon heavy flight to Geneva and get off and have a little commute up to, you know, an hour, an hour 15 to get up to Morzine or Leger. Um, but yeah, kind of 50, if, it, if it goes wrong, then you're in for a nightmare, aren't you? If your flight gets cancelled or the plane gets delayed or there's a, a mechanical issue or delayed flight, then all of a sudden your your nice comfy flight turns into a seven hour waste of space, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, fair. All right, so we're in Leger. Uh, remind us about the characteristics of the track there and, and also give us any insight that you've got on changes. Obviously, you live just up the road in Morzine, so you're, you're very familiar with the hill. Um, yeah, it's it's one of the classics, isn't it? It's a modern classic now. So the hill itself has been used, you know, since 1999 or maybe even 1998. So long, long before even some listeners were born, probably. <laughs> um, Cedric Gracia, who'll be commentating on on Saturday, he uh, he might have won a race there in the mud once once upon a time, or definitely put it down a good run. So it's been around a while that hill. Um, it looks like the weather's dry this week, so if it is dry and stable, we'll be in for a an angst-free week, hopefully. Less schedule changes and less uh, less whinging and complaining and fighting and less problems. Uh, and the hill itself is like classic pure downhill, really. It starts pretty close, about 100 metres below the summit of, of Moshery. Uh, and it's kind of meadows, fields, pastures, whatever you want to call them. Classic kind of ski, alpine ski piste, alpine ski field terrain brings you to a couple of small jumps and then the infamous road gap. And that's kind of where the first changes start for this year, it looks like. So instead of the road gap having a very tight left-hand corner afterwards, we just go dead straight to a flat left-hander about 30 metres further away. So a lot safer, especially for the, the younger riders or the, or the riders who aren't as good at jumping, uh, especially if the weather gets a bit dicey. Um, so I think, yeah, starts, changes there. And after that, we kind of drop into the, the upper woods and you get just your real classic alpine terrain. I think anyone who's ridden in Morzine or Leger or even Châtel potentially, or any of the other alpine resorts in, in the northern half of the Alps will be very familiar with the the colour, the dark woods, the, the pine needles everywhere, the kind of smell of, of the loam until the loam gets blown out by 8,000 riders that come on holidays to Morzine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's proper loamy terrain and, and it looks like the course builders have just done what every rider really wants, which is tape it left or right of, of last year's track. So it's, it goes, the track goes in the same general direction down the hill, give or take um, a few big changes, I think, but vast majority of it's the same. It's just taped slightly to one side. So we got fresh terrain. So wider turns or slightly narrower turns or different compressions, but brand new, brand new dirt, uh, different break and a different roll to the terrain, slightly different entries and exits to corners. So I think it just makes a great, it makes a great track to practice and learn to go racing on because riders will have those memories, maybe have that, you know, stored spatial memory from previous editions and they'll be like, oh, I go here, I push here, I, I come up here, I break, I turn, but actually it's, it's just a different version of that. So it requires a bit of patience to learn it. Um, and then we get down as far as the lake and it's the same idea. It's just tape left or right of last year's last year's track. A couple of new bits as they've built some new bike park in that area. Um, the famous off-camber, the fairies off-camber as they call it in French, the Diver de Luta. Uh, that's, from what I saw recently, it was really tight. So taped like uphill to tight left to downhill. It's got some dodgy compressions. It's So I think depending, depending on how it runs, it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, tech... Uh, won't reward super aggressive riding. <laughs> yeah, through the off camber, uh, connecting through bits of bits of classic kind of Leger bike park that people know, and then the lower sections uh, with the famous Blackwoods, where Reese Wilson in 2021 was doing some really creative riding and creative line choice, 
Um, what I've heard from the course builders is, is that they're going to try and re-inject some of that kind of naturalness to that section because that section last year was big berms and a real safe jump on the exit which was a good idea at the jump at least so apparently yeah they're going to try and recreate maybe 2021's naturalness obviously it doesn't it doesn't have the tree cover anymore the landowner cut the trees down which means it doesn't regenerate like other sections of forest it doesn't get the the leaf and kind of pine cone fall throughout the uh, throughout the autumn sadly but i think they're going to do their best to make it as natural and as interesting as possible and then uh, jump line to the finish and uh, like always the jumps will be too small <laughs> they'll be too small for race runs as they always are I think so yeah there you go so I, I think riders will no matter what riders are going to be stoked I think the, the only kind of slight kind of black mark is that we have two lifts here you got the gondola and then the chairlift so there was murmurs of them not running the top half of the track because it's really really tight turnaround times for semis to finals uh, yeah, like I was going really, to say really the lift takes it's about ages 40, to 35 yeah. to a 40 minute. Yeah, it's about a 40 minute lap. I think to queue up at the bottom, get in the lift, get off the first lift, get on the, the chair lift, get to the top, roll over to wherever you're warming up. It's probably a 35 minutes minimum, maybe even 40. So if you have an hour and 10 between your run, you're basically go to the pits, wipe your face down and get going again. So Yeah, interesting. But they are going to run the full track. From what I heard, yeah, so exciting stuff. I think the riders will definitely appreciate that. And as we've seen with all the the drone footage that the fans claim they don't like, but it's actually, at times, it's been getting better at least, you know, the drone footage they've been providing and the camera positions have been improving for the live feed. And I think Gilligier is just going to provide some some epic shots, kind of like it did last year. I'm pretty sure Red Bull used some drone footage there last year and it was yeah, pretty good. The, so across the middle yeah. at the top, I think, yeah. Yeah, with the drone background. When the drone's good, it's really good. I've seen Absolutely, some incredible yeah, yeah. shots, but then when it's bad, it just makes you feel sick and it looks pretty awful. So yeah, there's definitely like yeah, finding funny. finding their feet with it, huh? Totally. And I suppose like it's it's a very large international corporation that are definitely trying to cater to the current fan base because you know they're, they're not stupid. They know that they need to keep the fans that love the sport and have been watching previous live footage. But obviously there's probably an angle, I don't know how the higher-ups work in a large corporation, but there's probably an angle of we need to try and make this you know relatable to people who watch other sports or whatever else. So yeah, hard, hard to know how to balance that. So Yeah, the drone footage definitely feels like it brings like a, an element of feel of speed to it, I think, that sometimes is hard to convey yeah. on the static cameras. But then the static cameras do probably a little bit better job at showing kind of how gnarly some stuff is, even though they massively undersell it compared to when you're there in person. But Yeah, totally. And even like in, in Ludenville, they had a couple of cameras on the downhill side of sections, which logistically might have been easier or might have been the only place that they felt comfortable to leave a tower or a camera. But the reality was it actually didn't show you the track. The track was hidden behind the edge of a berm or the edge of a bank. So yeah, just I think live TV, I'm, I'm glad I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, we were saying before we hit record, they, um, they made some improvements this weekend. I thought the addition of Miriam and Aaron into the booth was super good. But also you, I, I sort of thought they were showing more of the women's racing, but you said they, they put longer gaps between the riders to enable that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so for the, for the 10 ladies who made it to finals, um, they gave every lady four-minute gap. So that was cool, 40 minutes, 40 minutes on the TV or there or thereabouts. And we don't really, yeah, we Red Bullet never, I don't, as far as I'm aware, like I, obviously I, you know, have to download and deal with the start lists at every race for warm-ups and everything else. And in my recollection, I think three and a half minutes was the biggest gap I, I've ever seen previous. So they just went with four minute gaps for the long track, which was cool, you know, and same yeah. for the last X number of men. So, and, we, and for the final men, um, I've not actually had a chance to watch the last women's footage back. I only watched key portions of it, but for the last men, uh, I saw every section of track on TV, which is cool. 
Yeah, that is cool. I didn't realize we had the full track on camera, which yeah. is yeah, that's super impressive. Good stuff. Feels like yeah, feels like there are some improvements coming along. You like bit by bit, things are getting better. There was a few new graphics which looked, you know, were useful on the broadcast as well. I thought so. Yeah, fingers crossed that keeps going in that direction. Yeah, and, and obviously the one, at least they got the one corner that caught like eight or nine riders out this weekend in the men's field. Like, I we we watched it back and driving uh, home um, today, we we watched back the men's race during the thing. And as I was driving, I was trying to count up the the amount of crashes in one <laughs> turn, and I couldn't. I was just like, no, he's going to crash here too, because obviously on on race day I miss a couple of runs or quite a few runs between coming up and down for warm ups or certain riders and getting back to the pits and whatever else. Uh, so I missed a few and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, like who crashed Charlie Hatton, Antoine Vidal, Benoit Coulange, um, Oshino Callahan, and multiple others all crashed in that one long right-hander. So crazy, yeah. yeah. It took a few out for sure. It looked pretty simple on the camera angle that we saw, but I think there was more going on in reality than uh, we got to yeah, see. Yeah, there was just nothing to it. So the, the first ledge you leaned on, basically, as you came from where it was slightly steeper and you started to change direction near one orange pad on a tree, you got to the second orange pad and that was like a, a very small root that had developed with some roots in it and, and the ground is super hard and for whatever reason it just didn't dig in anymore so that mm -hmm. was already pretty sketchy and bodies were getting tired after doing the semis and the finals pushing hard pedaling at the top and then as you transitioned into the long edge of a bike park berm which is a very flat kind of classically bad bike park berm where Coulange put the back wheel over the, the left hand side I think yeah some of the riders were probably too eager to get to the next section and they came in slightly square to it and it's just it was just a touch slick it was drying out so the humidity was coming up through the warming soil and i think a couple of the riders commented to me afterwards a couple of the elite men that the track was worse for finals than track was worse for finals than it was for semis by and large just a little bit slicker and harder to deal with harder to predict and obviously for the first time maybe ever qualifying in in every category well the juniors didn't get the race but qualifying in every category was the fastest time of the weekend which i yeah. don't think i've not seen in a long time so but yeah, Crazy much, one, huh? much drier track, I guess, for qualifying. So, oh, bone dry, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, um, physicality of the track in Leger, like Ludenvier, I guess, from looking at it, there's quite a lot of pedaling towards the top to get you gassed, and then you're into the more technical, steeper mm. part of the track. A little bit less at Leger, I guess. Like, there's quite a lot of gravity-assisted acceleration, kind of from the top of the track, and then not a huge amount of pedaling. Yeah, it's the Leger is the real deal. You're going to put in about half a pedal stroke out at the start. Um, plunge into a big right hand left hand kind of compound berm um, you may get a couple of pedal strokes in uh, on the bike park connection section after the middle woods you'll definitely get a few pedal strokes in coming towards the, the last jumps in the finish line but they're, like, they're, they're just pedal strokes to top up they, they have no real physiological impact it's it's the real deal it's as downhill it should be you know and people commented in, in Ludenviel about getting a kind of second wind feeling pretty gassed entering the woods and early in the steep woods and then getting out into the open started to like oh I feel good again type thing um, so I think Leger is probably a similar story the riders kind of maybe hit a couple of the, the more hot and wild sections in the upper woods and start to f feel the fatigue growing and then as they settle into the run or they've got through a section that they, they're feeling a bit tense about or they know is, is going to be dicey at race pace then they'll, they'll calm down again so it's definitely yeah it's, it's not physically easy but it looks like especially this year so many riders have done a lot of riding and everyone's pretty well well prepared you know I think the only yeah. thing we did notice in, in races this year is that by finals, there's certain riders, I won't say names, and especially because it changes every week too, but there's definitely people that lose a touch of sharpness after semis. 
you know, you can peak really early. If, if you're gel with a track, you're super confident. The bike's working well. Your body's operating well. You're fit. You're, you're healthy. Gel real well. You know, you're, you're peaking by qualities, which you need to anyway. But some people kind of peak and then don't re-peak for, for finals, <laughs> which is the only, the only race that actually matters, you know. So there's strategic and tactical kind of things to think about, not just pure basic like, oh, physiology, I'm fit because I can pedal. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot more to it, especially with the new uh, new schedule over the weeks. And talking about schedules, we've got a- another different event, I guess, this weekend. It's the first of the like super events. It's two weeks long, uh, so it's the Haute Savoie event rather than just Leger. So we've got this sort of festival vibe, I guess, where we've got XC, Enduro, Marathon, Downhill all together over this two-week period. There's, there's loads of other stuff going on as well like expo stuff and live music and bands and all this kind of stuff do you think that will have any real bearing on the event itself or is it just going to be something that impacts fans and what they see when they come into town to to get stuck into watching some racing i heard downtime are going to do some podcasts i heard no (laughs) maybe you never know maybe top secret (laughs) um Miss Spence Summers will be giving out free coffees. That's the main event of the whole, the whole the festival. <laughs> yeah. Hit the uh, estate um, agents on the high street if you want a free coffee. Yeah, that's right. It's actually, it's pretty close to the FMD pits. So if you get a free coffee, come and bring me one, please. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be cool to see everyone there. And there's loads of little events like that. But the reality is the riders are there for business. And this super tight turnaround, like tomorrow, riders just going to recover. Like anyone I coach is going to do a recovery ride and, and a debrief from Ludenviel and then just get stuck into prep for um, for the race in the So we, got, we will be up the hill Wednesday morning for track walk. Juniors will be practicing Wednesday afternoon. Elite riders will be putting in the finishing touches to get ready for Thursday morning. So I think, yeah, it's a big festival. It's kind of Warner Brothers Discovery, formerly known as ESO. And it's their master plan to have these big festivals over, you know, a week or 10 days, which is which is cool for the sport. Fantastic. Uh, how it actually develops, I'm not really sure. It's 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 not that it's disjointed here, but it's definitely spread out. Pung Leger, Morzine, Chatel, so it's it's pretty spread out. And like I said, I think it's the cross country riders and the downhillers especially are just going to be business as usual. They're just here for winning races now, you know. But I think hopefully, obviously, last year we had the race here as world champs, and there was over sixty five thousand spectators for the downhill. That was kind of the semi official figure from the the gendarmerie, the police, and they they would have calculated that figure from a. Uh, helicopter camera that counts okay. people obviously for crowd crowd control that sort of stuff that's what they counted it from so that was pretty cool so north of 65,000 they were saying you know around around the area so um, will we get that many fans will you know the fact that all the Endura racers are here training and prepping the week before Chattel will that help bring more people will there be people stay holiday making will the kids that are now back in school actually come up for the, the, the race weekend or whatever it's hard to know I think that that side of the things the riders the downhill riders especially are really I think a lot of them especially the Loic Brunies of this world and the French racers in general are, are looking forward to a huge crowd I think that's something that if it doesn't happen they'll be kind of disappointed I think you know I think we're all we're all hanging out for it though it's, it's the last race of this European block there is going to be a big after party we want a massive race we want some drama and some excitement we want clean exciting racing with fair track conditions so, so I think if we get that we'll be everyone will be happy yeah, fingers crossed. Forecast is looking a lot better than it had been. Looking, it looks like it's going to be a pretty hot and dry week if uh, everything goes the right way. Um, just give us your thoughts on the overall. It's it's starting to shape up. Where this would be race six out of eight, um, so it's really starting to form. But I think we saw certainly in the men's uh, 
this weekend, like how quickly things can change, right? Loic was head in hands, disappointed after Vaunord, and then a week later he's in the leader's jersey. So things can shift pretty quick. Yeah, and it could flip-flop again here in Leger just as quick, and then we have a two-week two week break before we, we go for the final two races, which will be, a, yet again, an extremely kind of tight turnaround just because of the distance between West Virginia and, and Quebec. So, yeah, current overall, obviously, Finn had a you know a good grasp on it with a 150-point lead going into Ludenville. Now he doesn't. There's three men, who's it's Loic, Finn, and, and Jackson Goldstone kind of going to battle it out. Everyone, Loris is fourth, who's had two poor races back-to-back now, so he's he's distanced a bit, whereas the first top three are, are really close. It might be 85 points or 80-something points between the three of them, which is, with quality semis and finals, the opportunity to crash, to puncture, to not get through or whatever. It's... It's risky business, you know, and it's going to be fast racing. Um, having spoken to Finn, it was actually yesterday, and I think, you know, I I had said it that it's just going to egg everyone on, especially you two, to to help each other, but battle with each other, and it's just going to push the level in the racing another another level for Leger, and he was kind of in agreement with that, you know, in agreement with that. Um, and the women's field, Valley Hull, is just having a <laughs> having a rampage. Off she goes, you know. She is. Um, yeah, it's it's cool to see. I think if on the surface, you know, Valley yet again went one one one, and you can't knock it. It's it's phenomenal. And from early on in practice in Ludenville, she was she was looking fantastic, just riding her bike really well. But so were the other girls. You know, Nina's not as uh, um, gazelle like or you know, kind of precise and and Valley's almost dainty at times in the bike. She goes from very aggressive and hard on the tire edges to a little bit more light and very playful and very flickable or I don't know what the word is to describe but so Valley's got this this Jekyll and Hyde thing which she can deploy on track which is amazing you know whereas Nina's kind of a bit more of a, a stable approach she has Nina's approach and this is how Nina goes fast and that's that's that and it's it's getting better too as we've said before in the podcast which is cool but if you dig into the the stats of all the runs and kind of the behind the scenes analysis you know Tan is getting a lot closer now a couple of P2s and sectors before she um, before she exploded in finals yet again. And she's had enough of exploding now in finals, She's which is something she never used to do previously. She used to never crash, especially in finals. Um, so she's just searching out the limits, kind of trying to know she needs to go harder than she ever has to beat, you know, Nina and Valley who are far ahead. So what that, what does that mean for the overall? A Marine won sector four and five in Ludenville. She'll be keen to do her best here in, in Leger. Uh, Tan is at a home from home she used to live just down the road in Saint-Jean-Dau from just down below Morzine so it's she's got a lot of friends from Leger she used to uh, ride for Leger Bike Club that's where she learned to mountain bike was in Leger so it's a home from home race for Tane. Valley won world champs last year here so she'll be looking to just solidify the overall lead and if someone has a problem potentially you know get a, a stranglehold on it that's kind of insurmountable at the last two races so we've got some big uh some big old dramas developing. It's it's pretty exciting. And Leger is like the perfect track, the perfect canvas for everyone to kind of put a stamp on on that part of the season before they go and burn the town down at the after party. You know? <laughs> Man, I have literally got goosebumps just uh, listening to you say that. I'm excited to hop on a plane first thing tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, burn up some carbon. Uh, but yeah, get out for some racing. It should be an awesome week on the French mountains. And uh, yeah, thanks again for taking some time in a, I know is a very hectic schedule these three weeks uh, to sit down and chat and share some insight. It's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on the hill this week for what I think will be a super exciting race in Leger. Yeah, it's modern classic, which last year turned into one of the races of the, of the century, really, to be honest. So 
Um, let's just hope it, it'll never. I suppose it'll never be world champs, will it? But it's it's a key part of the season with some amazing racing happening and maybe one of the best tracks for the semi to final turnaround in terms of just how you can lift the intensity and hopefully because it's not ridiculously physical. It's just a rider's track where you can really send it top to bottom. So fingers crossed that you know people manage the tactics and the strategies well and we just get an, an insane finals in, in all the categories definitely man I'm looking forward to it and I shall see you tomorrow probably see you soon alright that's it for this Maxis Tyres pre-race show with Chris I really hope you've enjoyed it don't forget to tune in to the racing this weekend and if you're in Leger then make sure you visit our pop-up with Miss Ben Summers on the high street a massive thanks to Maxis for supporting this season. Maxis have incredible tyres for you no matter how or where you ride, so head over to maxis.com or visit your local Maxis dealer and check them out. Here's a few other links that might be useful to you too. Downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow so you never miss an episode, forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch, and forward slash EP if you'd like copies of our lovely print project Downtime EP, which we make in collaboration with Miss Ben Summers. If you want to help support the show, then you can set up a regular donation over at patreon.com forward slash downtimepodcast. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today, but until next time... Get out and ride.